your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 292 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off of your next order. We got a special treat for you guys today. I'm going to be joined in just a second by Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils. Trey does a great job with his show, and he and I basically just talk a little bit about everything that's happened uh, with the Rangers and Devils so far this season, as well as preview Tuesday night's game between the Rangers and Devils. And it's going to be an interesting matchup because the Devils haven't played in an actual hockey game since January 31st. So it's been quite the layoff uh, due to COVID. But it sounds like, at least as of now, as of this recording, the game between the Rangers and Devils is indeed on for Tuesday night. Uh, Fingers crossed they get to play and that obviously everybody stays safe and all that good stuff. But uh, as for some new Ranger news from practice here today on Monday, talk about this real quick before we talk to Trey. Rangers have announced that Igor Shesterkin will be in net for the game against the Devils on Tuesday, and I'm all for it. Igor's hot right now. He's allowed only eight goals in his last five games, including uh, just the one goal against the Boston Bruins in his most recent outing. Unfortunately, that was enough for the Bruins to claim a one to nothing victory. So obviously we'll hope that Igor continues his recent string of solid play, strong play, and Leads the Rangers to a win here, and it's not all for naught. Hopefully the Rangers can score a couple of goals and uh, get a much-needed win here against a Devils team that, again, has not played hockey in more than two weeks. It's also now sounding like the Rangers are going to be without Artemi Panarin for Tuesday's game. Coach Quinn said as much after practice today. Now, Panarin was out there, but he skated by himself on Monday, did not participate in the team portion of the practice. Some other not-so-good news is that Keandre Miller left Monday's practice early with an upper body injury. He is now considered day-to-day. As a result of this, the Rangers obviously had to shuffle their blue line a little bit, but they didn't really do that much mixing and matching. They, for the most part, left everything intact. On the top pairing, you'll still have Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. The second pairing at practice on Monday now featured Brendan Smith and Jacob Truba. And then the third pairing, again, another uh, duo here that's still intact, Liber Hayek and Anthony Potato. So it sounds like basically, uh, well, first of all, that Brandon Smith might be good to play. He's been injured as well. He might be ready to make his return to the lineup, and he might have an opportunity to do so if the Rangers are without Keandre Miller on Tuesday night against the Devils. But I like this strategy. I wouldn't break up Lindgren and Fox. They've been great. Uh, Liber Hayek and Anthony Potato, for the most part, have been pretty good. I think, uh, you know, for a third defense pairing, you can certainly live uh, with what the two of them have given you so far, small sample size though it may be. And so, yeah, Brandon Smith and Jacob Truba, I think that's the way to go. We saw the two of them play together a little bit toward the end of last season and also into the playoffs, and they seem to feed off each other. You know, they're both big, physical, tough defensemen, kind of throwback-type players, and uh, hopefully Brandon Smith can get back into the lineup and do his thing and, and be a physical presence and do something positive for the Rangers because he's got an opportunity now to try to— uh, force his way back into the top six, so to speak. It certainly won't be at the expense of Ke'Andre Miller. Whenever Ke'Andre Miller is ready to come back to the lineup, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to step in there and probably go right back to playing with Jacob Truba on the second pairing. Uh, but Brennan Smith, if he plays well enough, if he outplays guys like Liber Hayek and Anthony Potato, uh, maybe he can force his way back into the top six. We'll see how it goes. Personally, like I've been saying, I think I'd like to see Liber Hayek 
uh, get some more rope with the Rangers this season. I think he's played well enough. Uh, that one miscue against the Islanders aside, he's been solid. And certainly, Liber Hayek, a bigger part of the Ranger future than certainly Brandon Smith and also Anthony Potato. So I'd like to see Liber Hayek continue to uh, get some playing time and continue to be in the lineup unless somebody takes it away from him, unless he plays his way out of it or somebody else plays his way into the lineup. Speaking of the Ranger defenseman, Ryan Lindgren got eight stitches around his eye. He's got a pretty wicked shiner right now, but uh, it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for this game on Tuesday against the Devils. And it's funny because they talked to him, the reporters talked to him in a Zoom call after practice on Monday, and apparently Lindgren's biggest complaint wasn't the pain, it wasn't the stitches themselves, it was just the fact that it was a little bit itchy, and that sounds about right. Ryan Lindgren, this guy, you have to basically drag him kicking and screaming away from the ice if, if you want him to take a seat, but it's so cool that, uh, you know, obviously he's willing and ready and able to play hockey tomorrow night despite having eight stitches above his eye, and more power to him. I mean, he's just a tough, physical, hard-nosed player. This is right on brand for Ryan Lindgren. I get the feeling he probably never even gave it a second thought. He probably just assumed that he was going to play, and uh, the Rangers certainly will be happy to have him back out there. And then as far as the line combinations for the forwards, we have a top line right now of Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Colin Blackwell. So Colin Blackwell goes from basically being an afterthought when the Rangers were putting this team together in the offseason to now playing on the top line with fringe all-star caliber players in Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. Obviously, neither one has played up to all-star standards this season, but they have that kind of potential. The second line, you're going to go with Ryan Strom centering Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. I like this. I mean, I want to see Lafreniere and Caco hopefully take off playing together. Maybe they can get each other going a little bit. Maybe Strom can kind of be the veteran on this line. And if you're going to be without Artemi Panarin, obviously it leaves a gaping hole in your lineup. So because of that, I think it makes all the sense in the world to put Alexi Lafreniere there rather than Philip DiGiuseppe. And I like Philip DiGiuseppe, but long-term upside, I mean, Lafreniere is clearly the man. And hopefully, uh, if he gets a little bit of run in the top six here, he can get going a little bit. I know we've talked about wanting Lafreniere to stay on one line, but you don't anticipate losing Artemi Panarin. And when Artemi Panarin's out of the lineup, you're going to have to do some mixing and matching. That's just the nature of the beast. But the third line, you got Brett Howden with Philip DiGiuseppe and Pavel Buchnevich. I'm not so sure I like the idea of Buchnevich and Blackwell essentially flipping spots. Blackwell jumping up to the first line, Buchnevich moving down to the third line. I think Buchnevich has played well enough this season that he doesn't necessarily deserve to lose that spot on the first line. But this could be a way for Quinn to just try to get people going a little bit because Buchnevich, after the hot start, uh, has slowed down a little bit, at least in the scoring department. And so uh, maybe, you know, you put him out there with a grinder like Philip DiGiuseppe and, uh, you know, Brett Howden. I don't know. Maybe this third line can click. I don't think this is a trio that we've seen in the past, so we'll see how it goes. And uh, Colin Blackwell, I think he's really impressed the Rangers with how he's played in limited time so far this season. So uh, we'll see how that goes, uh, putting him up there with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. And then, of course, the fourth line, uh, Kevin Rooney, Brian Lemieux, and Julian Gauthier. So that has not changed from the last game, and that's fine by me. I mean, I think that makes sense for the fourth line. Gauthier, you know, at some point, I'd like to see him get a chance somewhere other than the fourth line because he doesn't really strike me as a prototypical fourth-line player, and I think he's played pretty well recently. You know, he got his first goal the other night. He's created a couple of other scoring chances. He's drawn a couple of penalties as well. So I don't know. Gauthier in the fourth line doesn't really do it for me, um, but... That's how the Rangers are going to roll, and we'll just see how it shakes out against the Devils on Tuesday. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Devil fans. We got a special crossover episode for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, 
joined by Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils. Trey, how we doing today, buddy? I'm excited. Devils hockey is finally back. Well, it's funny. That, that was going to be the first thing that I asked you about. You guys have not played hockey in, I believe, about two weeks now, give or take a couple of days. Uh, but how excited are you to, to get this team healthy again and, and see your, your guys back on the ice tomorrow night? January 31st, to be exact, in which one, in which we uh, won 5-3 to three against the Sabres. But I'm really excited. Obviously, we have some work to do because, you know, since we've played the least amount of games in the East Division now, um, along with the Sabres, you know, we, we fall into bottom tier of the uh, of the conference. So uh, we, we got some ground to make up and um, just hopefully that we could get things done. And what better way to do it than against uh, the Rangers team? Yeah, it's a great rivalry matchup. And, uh, you know, are you at all nervous that the team might be a little bit rusty tomorrow night, though? Or do you think maybe, you know, having a little bit of a break can, can help you at times during the course of a hockey season? A little bit of both, but if they come out yeah. rusty, uh, I'm not going to be surprised because, you know, like I said, we haven't played in like two weeks. We couldn't practice for two weeks. Our, our facility just opened up uh, today, so it's like we just got back to work just recently. And with the amount of people that were on the COVID protocol list, uh, you know, if another outbreak were to happen, I guess the Devils would be immune to it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it sounds like basically the entire team was uh, on the COVID protocol list, and we don't know how many people actually had COVID or how many just were in, in the protocol and just kind of playing it safe. But it looks like you guys might actually be a little bit shorthanded tomorrow. I'm looking at the list here. And, you know, among the more notable players are Travis Zajac and Nico Heatshear. Uh, at all concern, is, is there any timetable as far as when these guys could be back or is it all just kind of touch and go right now for you guys? Well, we we haven't played with Heatshear all season. And honestly, yeah. I'm a little... I'm a little suspicious about um, what's been going on with Heizer because, like I said, uh, he was diagnosed with a le lower leg injury um, before training camp began, like in late December. And um, I don't know. I, I, the de I feel like the Devils uh, aren't telling people everything what's going on with Heizer, and it's kind of concerning because, like I said, I, I said this in my show, if Heizer does not return despite – the long hiatus that the Devils, you know, were granted essentially, then I'll be concerned, in which I am really concerned now, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I mean, you guys need to get him back. He's obviously a big part of, uh, you know, the Devils trying to turn their fortunes around here and once again join uh, the NHL's elite, so to speak. And it's it's funny with uh, hockey injuries. I was joking. I don't remember. It was another crossover episode. I was joking around with somebody that, uh, you know, with hockey – these teams are also secretive with injuries and, and what the timetable is. And, you know, basically the only two injuries in hockey, if you listen, if you look at the injury report, you get upper body injury or lower body injury or maybe unfit to play every once in a while. That, that's basically all we get as hockey fans. That's basically the extent of the information. So I can provide a little information of that uh, coming sure. from a broadcaster. So, uh, you know, we're, we're told specifically by like, you know, our colleagues at our respective television station and also um, uh, by the coaching staff not to cite the specifics of an injury mm -hmm. because we don't want players like to be targeted going into the next game. So like I remember last year there was a girl on, on uh, the team that I do play by play for. She was out with a concussion and um, you know, we, we were said, do not say you have a concussion when I interview you upper body injury that's all you have to say or you know head injury whatever the case might be but yeah we tried to stay away from specifics because like in hockey we just don't want um anyone to be targeted but at the same time 
you could give a reasonable time return for the very least. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would agree with that part for sure. I mean, the Rangers, I feel like anytime they tell you how long somebody's going to be out, like if they say two to four weeks, four weeks is probably like a best case scenario. They always seem to be overly optimistic in their uh, timetable projections. But uh, be that as it may, uh, something I wanted to definitely ask you about, you know, we talked about when you guys originally hired Lindy Ruff and, you know, you were kind of lukewarm to it, probably at best lukewarm to it. Um, have have you yourself and Devils fans in general um, begun to feel any better about the hiring of Lindy Ruff? I realize it's only nine games into the season here, but uh, how's everybody feeling about uh, the, the job that Ruff has done so far as the head coach there for the Devils? Well, we're off to a better start, but like I said, it's way too early to make an assumption because, yeah. um, you know, we have to see how he handles, you know, adversity because let's face it, the Devils haven't faced that much adversity. We faced some, but not a whole lot to the point where it's like, okay, we're in the clear, but we're off to a way better start than we were last year because last season we dropped like the first, what, six games? So yeah, um, essentially uh, we just have to wait until um, the, the season progresses. Right now the Devils are headed in the right direction, but here's our first adversity. We had a two-week hiatus that we were not prepared for, nor that did we essentially want, but we got it anyway. Now we're in the bottom tier of the league. Can we uh, claw our way back up to the middle part? Or are we just going to stay there? Because, like I said, there was one factor that I missed uh, when I was doing my prediction, and that was COVID. Because I didn't expect the Devils to, like, miss two weeks. I thought if, if uh, a game were to get postponed, it would be, like, for a day or two. Not not two weeks. Because, like I said, at that point, I was just counting the amount of players that we uh, did have available versus the ones that went off to the COVID list. I'm just like, we are dropping like flies. So, yeah. Um, this is going to be a huge challenge for the Devils because, like I said, um, the, the East Division is a tough division. Uh, teams are starting to settle in. Uh, you know, we see the Bruins are starting to settle in and uh, other teams as well. So it, it can be a little concerning and a little scary if you're the Devils because being in the bottom tier of the league along with the Sabres, you know, it's just like, um, can we catch up or are we just too far gone? Yeah, it's funny. You know, you look at the standings right now and everything is so jumbled up. And, you know, even the Rangers and Devils and Sabres, the last three teams in the Eastern Division, they're only, a, you know, a matter of points out of the playoffs. But, you know, with the Devils, it, it's kind of hard to tell exactly where they are in the standings just because, you know, you look at it and it says, OK, seventh place. But they've also played four fewer games than, than pretty much everybody. So, I mean, and, and, you know, the Eastern Division in general, we, we've talked about how competitive it's going to be. It's going to be kind of an ongoing theme this season. Are you liking the way that it's set up this season where teams are only playing uh, division opponents and there's a lot of back-to-back matchups? Are you enjoying this, or you'd rather see uh, the Devils play a bunch of teams from all over the league? Well, I'm conflicted about it because it's yeah. like um, it, this is entertaining, You, you and, you know, it, it makes it easier for a team like us to get into the playoffs because you're playing the same team night in and night out, essentially. So it's like it's easier to strategize. There's a lot less scouting. You know what to expect from your opponent. Um, at the very least, like, you know, there's only 56 games in the regular season this year. So, you know, if the Devils have a decent enough record, they could actually sneak their way into the playoffs. And no more West Coast games for right now. So I don't have to record an episode at like one in the morning. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, 
And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Don't miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Evampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and something else I want to ask you about, Trey, it's kind of a storyline that always comes up with the Rangers, and I think the Devils are kind of in the same boat here, and that's who's the next captain going to be for each of these teams, and, you know, should they even have a captain right now? Uh, for the Devils, you know, they got a couple of different options. You could go with a veteran like a Zajac or a Palmieri. You could go with a young guy like Wood or maybe Heashear if, if he gets back. Uh, do you have any uh, preference there or any opinion about who the next Devils captain should be? I say Zajac because uh, this might be his final year in a devil sweater, and he's been with us through thick and thin and thin yeah. and thinner. Um, he's been with this organization his entire career, and um, or not, or most of his career, and um, just just the fact that um, you know uh, this could be his final year is really bittersweet. And um, yeah, I, I just feel as though. Uh, Zajac deserves the captain role for, for this organization. And um, yes, been with us since 2006. I think he deserves it, quite honestly. He's he's seen it all through, like I said, through thick and thin, thin and thinner. Um, I, I, I believe it, it goes to Zajac because, like I said, he could be, uh, uh, you know, dealt away to Seattle in their expansion draft or um, whatever the case might be. Just, just uh, he could be traded. Um, you know, if, if there's a possible suitor. So I, in my honest opinion, I think Zajac should be given the captain role. Yes, the Devils are a rebuilding team, and there is some debate because do you give it to someone like Zajac, who's a seasoned veteran, who's seen it all, or do you give it to someone like Nico Heizer, who's young, you know, blooming, um, and just for the fact that um, the Devils are rebuilding, so why not give it to a young player who's you know going to be a part of our future, things of that nature. So, uh, but in my honest opinion, just because it sounds right, I believe it should go to Zajac. 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, just about everything you said about the Devils there, I could almost copy and paste it and say the same thing about the Rangers because they're in a similar situation where they don't have a captain either. And for a while, it was kind of looking like it was a two-man race. It was either going to be Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider, you know, guys who have been there for the longest and would seem to be, uh, you know, among the leaders in the locker room. But, you know, going into this season, once again, with no captain, it's now been three years without a captain. And the longer the Rangers wait, the more it makes you think that they might be looking to slap the C on somebody like Alexi Lafreniere or K. Andre Miller, maybe even Adam Fox, you know, one of these younger guys. So uh, very interesting. There's some parallels between the two teams there. And, uh, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough call. Do you give it to the veteran, the guy that's been there the longest and probably deserves it the most? Or do you kind of uh, turn the page and look to the future and, and put it on a young guy? Very interesting. It is very interesting. It's, you know, a conversation that's probably just going to be for the sake of conversation, because I believe if either the Rangers or the Devils wanted to pick a captain or at least a head captain, they would have done so already. And, um, you know, since since we're in February, we're about a month into the season. I just don't see them just trying to turn anyone into a captain right about now, because I think just with the state they're – just just with the state of their organization it is in right now, I don't think it's their top priority because, like I said, we dealt away our head captain, uh, Andy Green, last year to the Islanders. So, um, yeah, it's just um, – it, it's a lot to take in, and it's just like is it our top priority or is our top priority just to uh, get better each and every day and just see what happens, so – yeah, I hear you, man. And uh, somebody I wanted to specifically ask you about, who knows, maybe even Jack Hughes is in the mix for captain at some point down the down the road if the Devils decide to wait for a while to name one. But uh, he's obviously playing a lot better for you guys, especially if you just look at the score sheet, you know, three goals and five assists so far this year. So uh, what are you seeing from Jack Hughes and, and how excited are you that he seems to have really taken a big leap in year two here for the Devils? So I literally said in my uh, last episode, my top star of the month of January for the New Jersey Devils is indeed Jack Hughes, just because he's taken that huge leap forward. Uh, He shut all the naysayers, including myself, up because (laughs) I was on the boat saying he really needs to step up. And if he doesn't, I will be really concerned. But no, he got stronger. He looks faster. uh, He looks more comfortable. uh, He looks more aggressive. Uh, he led the team last year in breakaways. So the fact that he's uh, converting his breakaways into uh, scoring opportunities uh, more often than not is a really uh, good sign of, of him just heading in the right direction. And that's the Jack Hughes I wanted, the Jack Hughes who played on Team USA, the Jack Hughes who used his mind, who used his speed, despite being, you know, uh, short in stature for center. Uh, the Jack Hughes who uh, just outwitted everyone. That's the one I wanted. That's the one who played on Team USA. So the fact that he's taken this leap forward really shows something about um, his determination, his drive, his effort. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils for doing this crossover episode with me today. And a big, big thanks to you guys as well, as always, for tuning into the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. And we are going to be back here tomorrow morning with part two of our conversation with Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, just continuing to talk about Tuesday night's matchup as well as, you know, everything that's happened in the NHL, specifically with the Rangers and Devils so far this season. But that's going to do it for today, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.